You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Praise God. And again, just to uh, reiterate what Michael said, welcome, Cade Mila Falcha. It's great to have you here. And it's a joy to speak to real live people who communicate through their eyes. Even if you're falling asleep, it's better than looking at a wall. Hallelujah. (laughs) We prayed about the Holy Spirit there, and that's what I want to talk about today. And I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to move this over to here. We're a little bit cluttered because of the uh, restrictions But uh, it's great to be getting there. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to taking bread and wine. Is anyone else? Oh, my goodness. Praise God. I'm looking forward to the Courtyard Cafe. I heard on the news this morning the government are looking at, uh, in July, hopefully, starting some matches and concerts and so on. So it looks like we're heading in the right direction. But either way, Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm looking today at the power of renewal. The thing is, your faith and my faith is not a static thing. There can be a misconception in Christian churches that when we invite Jesus into our lives, it's called being born again. And when we do that, that that's it. We're kind of a Christian and then We just coast from there. But of course, that's not the truth at all. The book of Proverbs says, he or she who waters, in other words, who gives to others, will themselves be watered. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. So it's a giving, receiving. And when we read about the Holy Spirit, Paul wrote, and I'm quoting it directly in what's known as the present continuous tense. This is from the Greek talking about the Holy Spirit. Paul said, be ye being filled. In other words, continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm assuming that you made it here today because you take your faith somewhat seriously, that you're not just indifferent about it. It means something to you. And so you and I need to be renewed We need the power of renewal. And that's not a philosophical, intellectual thing. It begins or it ends in our minds, but we experience it as well. Hallelujah. You see, the Christian faith is not just a philosophy. It is experiential as well. It's both. And if you have never experienced the love of God that changes your life inside, he's only a prayer away. Would anyone say amen? Jesus is near. Let me quote you something that's been quoted in the Irish Times, probably the most re- one of the most reliable newspapers, of a survey done in the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland for people who have been going to churches, and they did a lot of extensive surveys asking people the question, how do you feel now churches are opening up again after a very long and difficult and challenging year? And all of the surveys, including for Ireland, now it was all kinds of churches, but I think it's probably the same, perhaps even more so for 
this type of church. And we found that three out of four people, 75% said they will cherish their church more after the lockdown. What's the Joni Mitchell song? I'm showing my age. I can't remember. I won't bore you or try and destroy the atmosphere with my singing. But it goes something like, you never know what you miss until it's gone. I remember my dad, in all honesty, used to take my mother for granted. He just took her for granted. But when she was dead, he wept bitter tears. It wasn't until my mum had died that my dad really appreciated who she was to him. And when something is taken away from us, and it's taken away for a while, we begin to remind ourselves about how much we actually enjoyed it, and we needed it. And so three out of four of us are saying, I really will cherish my church community more. My question is, what about the other one in four? And the surveys, and this includes uh, America and uh, other countries as well, and the surveys seem to show that about three out of four of us will want church more, but one out of four will go in another direction, and that's called faith reductionism. I'm not hitting on anyone here. We're just looking at what people are saying. Faith reductionism is where our faith becomes a personal hobby. We reduce our faith, we dilute our faith, and I'm going to be controversial, we cheapen our faith. It's a bit like, well, every Monday I bake bread. On a Wednesday, I go for a run or I play tennis or whatever. On a Friday, we go to the movies. On a Sunday, I watch a Christian show for an hour. And our faith becomes one of our hobbies. Maybe I'm a voice in the wilderness, but can I cry out and say, it was never meant to be like that? You and I are called to something far greater than just having another hobby. Because Christian faith is a way of life. It's a wonderful way of life. It's a way of life that blesses us. And the longer I live, the more I see the blessings. But I am not going to dilute my faith into a personal hobby. And I'm not going to reduce my faith. But it seems to be that about a quarter of us um, across the UK and Ireland are going in that direction. So my... Um, appeal today is that we wouldn't do it. You know, Paul in the Bible, the great apostle, said to his um, apprentice, if you will, Timothy, don't make shipwreck. Don't make shipwreck of your faith. Don't wreck your faith. And he actually calls out names of people who just destroyed their faith. They shipwrecked it. And there's a great danger if we reduce our faith to a personal hobby that we're going to end up wrecking that faith. It's going to get weaker and weaker and fader and fading and fading. And you know what? If you have children, your kids are going to look at you. What are your kids going to do in life? They're going to do what you do. They're going to do, my kids will do what I do. It, it's how it goes. And so it's intergenerational if we reduce our faith. So how do we not reduce our faith to that? We need to experience the power of God's Holy Spirit. So that not only are we convinced in our minds that Jesus is the way, come on, what's the next bit? The truth and the life. Not only is Jesus the way, the truth and the life, we know it. 
but we experience it by the power of his Holy Spirit. That's the full package. If you don't have the Holy Spirit and his power in your life, you and I are like a bird with one wing. One wing. But God wants us to have the whole armor of God. He wants us to have all of the blessings. So we're going to look at how you and I can ensure we have all the blessings. Are you up for that? Praise God. Let's look today at Acts 14. I'm going to hop around that chapter. It's the fifth book in the New Testament. Read it at home yourself and read the whole thing to get the full benefit out of it. But I'm going to hop around in some of the various verses today. And I pray, Jesus, that this scripture would be fire in our bellies and visions to our souls in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 14. Sorry, I should say, we're in what is today Turkey, and we're looking at a couple of towns, Iconium and Lystra. It doesn't matter where they are, really. Uh, It's not the tones, it's what the Holy Spirit was doing there. So just put yourself in this situation and let's see how these verses impact you. So at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas, these were great men of God back then, they preached the word of God boldly and the Lord proved their message was true with signs and wonders following Ah, but a jealous mob attacked them, and they had to flee or run to Lystra. But the mob followed them there and attacked them again. And so they beat Paul up badly and left him for dead outside of town. But after the believers had gathered around him, he got up going back into the city. And then the next day, Paul and Barnabas left for Derbe. But some time later, they returned again to Lystra and Iconium, encouraging the believers, establishing churches, and raising up local leaders. May God's word bless your soul and my soul. Amen. Now, this is one of those powerful scriptures, and you probably heard it before shared on. I just want to share it into our unique context in this point of time here in Ireland today. And to me, it's really important. So we're told straight away that they preached the word of God boldly. And the word boldly means they did it with great courage. So we don't really read of any of the people in the New Testament that they just wanted to have a comfortable, easy life for an hour a week. No, their faith actually guided them throughout the whole week. It was by day and by night. They didn't join some weirdo cult that was trying to control their lives or anything like that. It's just they brought God in even to the smallest things, even to their sleep or their meals or their friendships. God was with them everywhere. And that enabled them then in this context to share the good news about Jesus without being afraid and without being um, harassed in their own souls. And what happened? We're told that the Lord proved their message was true by giving them signs and wonders following. What does that mean? Miracles, healing, the casting out of demons. People whose minds were troubled were set free. People who were sick were healed. There was no HSE back in the day there. There were no hospitals or accident and emergencies. 
There were some physicians, but it was very, very rudimentary and poor. And so God showed them. He proved their word was true. We need more healings today. Would anyone say amen? We need to see more signs and wonders following. Hallelujah. I can tell you about people who got healed. Not just here, but lots of places around the city where people love Jesus. People have been healed. They've been set free. They've been given hope. But we need more. And this was one of God's signs to show them. Now, I remember talking to a very conservative Christian one time. And he said, signs and wonders were needed back then to establish the gospel. But we don't need that anymore. And I have to say, we need it more today than they ever did back then. My goodness, does Ireland need the gospel? Therefore, we need signs and wonders following. We need to see this today. People think that because it's 2,000 years since Jesus was on earth, that Christianity is settled. No, it's not. And if you look at all those countries where God moved in power, Korea, Nigeria, Brazil, you can see a mighty move of God where Christians were a tiny little minority. And then when God started to move with signs and wonders following, Millions came to faith in Jesus, and that's what we need to see more of in Ireland. It was happening then, but of course, anytime you have successful ministry, successful churches, you're going to get jealousy. You get that even in work. If you're successful in work, you know what? There's probably someone jealous of you. If you're successful at sport, someone else on the team is jealous of you. And it just goes on like that. And a jealous mob attacked Paul and Barnabas, and so they fled to another city. They, they left Iconium and went to Lystra. And what did Jesus say? If you're persecuted in one town, flee to another. So Jesus allowed this to happen, and some in our church had to flee to Ireland for safety. And so they attacked them, and the enemy attacks us. Successful ministry will always attract opposition. And then not only did they go to another town, but the mob, the gang, the jealous crowd followed them there and attacked them there again. <sighs> Sometimes you get attacked twice. Sometimes you suffer a bad attack from the enemy in your life and you think you're over it and then he comes back exactly the same way. He's not very creative really, but he attacks the same way. And the next time was worse. We just read it, verse 19, they beat Paul up badly. What does that mean? Well, if you read into it, they, it's called stoning. They took big rocks and a whole gang threw stones. He's in the middle. And you get a big rock into your skull, into your eye, your mouth, your kidney, your hip, your arm, your leg, your shoulder. You would be pulverized with big rocks. It was a brutal punishment. The man did nothing wrong, only have a faith. And they beat him up and stoned him badly, we're told. And then we're told they left him for dead. Dead. Thought he was dead. Let me get prophetic. Have you been left for dead? Because I think some of us have. You've been left for dead in a relationship. You've been left for dead with your career or your studies. You've been left for dead in ministry. 
maybe even for your faith. People have written you off and given up on you. Have you been left for dead? I stand here today and I declare the last chapter has not been written in your life. Hallelujah. The God I serve and the God I love and the God most of us here love is a God of resurrection. Hallelujah. He was dead and he rose again on the third day. Praise his name. Would anyone say hallelujah? That's the God we serve. Have you been left for dead? Because I think the last year has left a lot of people for dead. And some people are so crushed in their confidence that they really struggle to even come out again. And Paul was left for dead, and he's there, and the crowd or the mob leave him. And then we're told, but after the believers gathered around him, Paul got up again. Now I have a couple of questions about this. Why didn't God directly heal Paul from heaven? Do you think God could have sent an angel to heal Paul? Yeah. Do you think God could have just done a miraculous healing from heaven directly to Paul? Yes, of course he could. Why didn't God supernaturally heal Paul? Man, if anyone deserved a healing, Paul did. But God didn't heal him. Even though signs and wonders followed his ministry. And yet here's Paul and he's not getting a direct healing. I don't know about you, but I kind of go... Do you know what now, God? You heal that fella, and you heal that one, and you heal them, and here I am. I'm, I'm, I nearly died for my faith, and you don't even give me an old healing. That's where anger comes in. You know what I think happened? I think God wanted the believers to bring the healing, if you will. What does it mean the believers gathered round him? Does it mean, as we say in Cork, they just came for an old gawk? An old gawk in Cork, that's really uh, me showing my, my roots. An old gawk in Cork means they just came for a good look. You know, was it that they gathered around and say two of the Christians were, were there and they kind of went, gosh, he's two teeth missing, yeah, do you see the second tooth there? Mm-hmm. And someone else, ooh, he's two black eyes, I thought he'd only one. yeah. Yeah, I'd say his kidneys are gone. Look at the, look at the stone that hit there. Mm, mm. That's not what it means when it says the believers gathered around him. Yes, they prayed, but you know what else they did? They would have physically helped him. They would have, and I'm going back to the survey we quoted at the beginning, they would have cherished Paul. They would have loved on him. They would have helped him. They would have gathered around him. And what happened? Paul got up again and God brought it and made it so, so that the believers could gather around him. We need believers around us. Would anyone say amen? Paul needed the believers around him and the Lord deliberately did not supernaturally heal Paul. He wanted the believers to do the job. And sometimes we keep praying for miracles and I'm all for miracles. But sometimes it's like the Lord says, how about you do it? How about you just take a step of faith? How about you and I just go that little bit of an extra mile and cherish and love on someone who hasn't been loved in a whole year? 
How about we gather around one another? I know we're in a transition time and we've all got to be careful with the virus and we're doing all of that stuff, but how about we gather around one another? We can do it digitally, but that only goes so far. Screens only go so far. And I think your destiny is far greater than looking at a screen. Would you say amen to that? I think God wants to use you far greater. And so the believers gathered around. And look at this. Paul goes back into the city. You see, they left him for dead outside a town, like our beloved Savior. He was crucified outside the walls of Jerusalem. This is a big symbolic thing in the Bible, being outside. You're an outsider. You're not dying inside. You're dying outside. You're left out on your own. And what does Paul do? He goes back into this city or town of Lystra. Now, where do you think the mob were? Do you think they went down the motorway and went back to Iconium? I bet you anything, if you look at the geography, they were in Lystra. They were back in the city. I don't know about you, but I'd be going, I'm not going to go back in there because they might come at me again. They'll attack me again if I go back in there. But Paul had the courage and he went back into the city. Let me get prophetic. Let me bring it back to your life today, here in May, in the year of our Lord, 2021. We're told as well, all of the um, psychiatry and the information and the uh, research is telling us a lot of people have a thing now called re-entry anxiety. People who are afraid to go back to living life the way they used to before. Even if they know in their heads they're kind of safe now, but they have a re-entry anxiety. And we're not to judge that because we are in a transition time and we all react differently. But I don't see re-entry anxiety with Paul. And I think he was facing a lot greater danger than any of us would going into a supermarket or into a church like this with air exchange and all that. He was really someone who had the right to have re-entry anxiety. But you know what? Maybe it's prophetic. Maybe I'm here. Maybe some of us here have re-entry anxiety. But you're just determined that it's not going to get the better of you with anyone say amen. And maybe some of our beloved brothers and sisters still haven't got there. That's okay. God will get them there. But I don't see Paul having it. And if he did, because he was human, he wasn't a robot, I bet you Paul said, no, I'm going back in. I remember when I nearly lost my life, droning. Do you know what I did the following day? I don't even know if Denise knows it or not. But I went back into that same beach, into the sea. And I was saying to myself, I will not spend the rest of my life with that phobia over my head. I was determined. Now, I was way more careful, and I didn't go and swimming out or anything like that. But I went back into the sea, and I stood there, and I thank God for rescuing me from nearly drowning the day before. Sometimes the best thing you can do if you've got a bad fright is conquer it. Be more than a conqueror and go back in and say, no, I don't mean be crazy, but just don't allow it become a phobia. What is it Winston Mandela said in South Africa? I don't know an awful lot about him or his politics, but I do like his uh, saying. He said, the greatest tool of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. And I'm not getting into politics, but I am getting into spirituality. The evil one will oppress your mind and my mind. He'll build castles in our heads. And what does the Bible say? Capture every thought. 
capture it and bring it under subjection of Jesus Christ. So Paul went back in, and guess what? He didn't get beat up again because he knew he was in the will of God. Not only that, we're told that sometime later, they returned again to Lystra and Iconium. They went right back to where all the trouble was. So this is happening a second time. What did they do? Encourage the believers, establish churches, and we're told they also raised up local leaders. These guys went back in and did the right thing. They were saying to themselves and to God and to one another, we're going to do God's work, whatever happens. And so they went back in. Can I encourage everyone? Obviously, we pray and we're all on a spectrum and we need to respect that. I get that. But if this is irrational and becomes like a phobia and you find yourself panicking because of a lack of confidence or because you're afraid of picking something up, can I say as men and women of faith, how about we pray before we go in and we pray, God, give me courage and faith to do this and help me to conquer my re-entry anxiety. Amen. It's something some of us do need to pray for. Time is against me. Let me come towards the conclusion of what I want to say. Ecclesiastes 3.1. For everything, there is a time for everything. We are living in a time where our nation is opening up again. Remember, the Republic of Ireland has had the longest lockdown in Europe. Did you know that? The country you've been living in, and I'm from and we're living in, has had the longest lockdown in Europe. We have the strictest travel arrangements in the whole of Europe. And when the Irish government say, with all the health regulations, it's safe to go back to church. I'd say, even if we had no faith, we could kind of believe that. What do you think? I'd say we could take it, because we live in such a conservative situation. So it's time, brothers and sisters, for your thinking, my thinking, to start just thinking ahead into the summer and towards the autumn. You know what I think it's going to be time for soon? Parties. Did you know Jesus went to a lot of parties? Did you know that Jesus Christ led more people to faith at parties? That people were healed at parties? We need to start doing parties in the church again. Would anyone say amen? amen. Wow, that was the biggest amen I got on morning. <laughs> and we love throwing parties. And parties are part of our faith. Great parties where we don't have to worry about addictions or stuff happening. We can enjoy God and one another and all the rest of it. Michael is going to cook a huge curry. Isn't that right, Michael? <laughs> but there is a time for everything. And there's a time to go back. And you know what? Being with one another. And I'm trying to balance out everything we've heard for the last 15 months. And you might say, I heard that last week, Tom. Well, you know what? You're going to hear it again. There's a time for that, but there's a time where we really need one another. And the time we're in right now is where we're going to have to start maybe just reflecting on our souls. Am I ready? Am I, am I willing? Am I getting into that headspace? And, and God will give us the courage. But all of it comes from 
being renewed by the Holy Spirit. Because if we're not renewed from the Holy Spirit, our faith is reduced to just a philosophy. And you know what? We're not going to do an awful lot. And churches and people in their faith will just die. And God doesn't want you to die in your faith. He wants you to live. Hallelujah. He wants you to thrive. And you might say, but parties are very shallow. No, they're not. Community is a spiritual activity. And it's part of the whole package of what a Christian is, that we enjoy God and enjoy one another. But we do it from being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of you here have been helping one another. You're giving, you're watering, but you yourself need to be watered. I know I do. So I'm going to conclude with this last saying from a man who was a great ministry in the UK, a hundred years ago exactly, in 1921, this man, Smith Wigglesworth, in the northeast of England said, if you are really filled and renewed with the Holy Spirit, you'll do more in one year than you ever could in 50 years without. We need the filling of the Holy Spirit And if we've been filled before, because we leak, we need to be renewed again. Hallelujah. So we're going to sing a beautiful song, and it's called Holy Spirit, You Are Welcome Here. And I'm going to ask you to remain seated. But if you want me, us, to pray for the renewing of the Holy Spirit, or maybe a filling for the first time, while we're singing... Just stand. I, I appreciate maybe not everyone will need this. Maybe it's already happening for you. But that way, you stand if you want it and nobody feels coarse. We don't want to be in that kind of a church. So just as we sing, if that's you, stand and then we're going to pray for you. This is a beautiful song. And by singing it, we're saying, Holy Spirit, welcome here into this heart, into this life, into my experience. Steve. Oh, uh-huh.
But if anyone wants to come towards the front, once you keep a bit of social distance, you're welcome. Um, we can only do so many, so please feel free to stay by your seat as well. But if you do want to move up and own this, you're welcome to do that. Let's do it as best we can. If you want to leave your seat, you can come forward. We've got a bit of room here. Praise God. We need the Holy Spirit to fill us. And we need to own that prayer. And we need to show God this is real. It's over a year since we've done this. This is a safe place. Can I ask you to lift your hands, everyone who's praying this prayer? Let's close our eyes. Do you feel him? Do you sense him next to you? are looking into your heart says the living God and the turmoil and the exasperation and the anger and the confusion that you have got through were seen by me and your God who loves you would say to you I was by your side all the time understand and I have never left you and I will never leave you and I will fight for you and I will protect you and as you have humbled your heart the living God would say to you I will take away that confusion and I will bring peace instead of war and you will become a peacemaker and blessed will you be because you will be a peacemaker and when others will want to fight you will speak the peace of the Holy Spirit into their troubled hearts and minds said to the evil one who has had a plan for you enough I have erased his plan and what Satan has planned for evil I will now plan for good for your future says the Lord your God Lord we lift up our hands and in the house of God we humble ourselves and those who have left their seats particularly but those who are also standing we pray now Holy Spirit fill us anew just everyone close their eyes if you've never known the filling of the Holy Spirit before and you want to know today could you lift up your right hand up high that I see your hand okay I pray now Lord Jesus we're not allowed physically touch soon we will but we pray now that the Holy Spirit would come upon these four brothers who have lifted up their hands come Holy Spirit who say amen we pray fire from heaven tongues of fire would come upon them if not now this afternoon or tonight in bed that they would know a strange glowing in their hearts and that they would overflow their cup would overflow with the holy spirit 
come in power and in might and let them know the filling for the first time in their lives. Let them have that second blessing. Let them be baptized with the Holy Spirit and let tongues of angels and tongues of men pour out from their mouth and let them praise God with mysteries. We pray in Jesus' name and the people of God said, and for those of us who want to be filled again because we've been watering and we feel a little weaker and our faith is not static, I want you to lift both your hands up high. Own this prayer in the last few minutes. We pray now, Lord, you're walking up and down this hall. You see these men and women. And as we lift our hands, we pray. Would you fill us afresh, Lord? Would you give us a fresh touch? And let your holy unction come upon us. Fill us again because we've been leaking as it were. And let the power of your Holy Spirit be like the power of the Spirit and the Apostle Paul. Take away any re-entry anxiety in our souls. Going back to the office. Going back to a bit of normal life. Going back to interacting with people socially. Let your Holy Spirit's power be with us and help us and renew us and give us hope for the future. We commit and we submit our future now, Lord, and pray we would be burning with fire for you in the weeks and the months ahead. Here in Cork, in Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. Praise God. Could we give a round of applause for those who came up to the top? That took courage. God bless your honesty and your humility. It's 11 o'clock. We're not allowed to go on any longer at the moment. We can only do an hour. But the band are going to play us out with that beautiful song. And may the Holy Spirit go with you for the week ahead.